Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Bamergi. Welcome to Yehupitzville, the 2023 edition of this fine program. Uh, we go all over the place uh, talking to Jewish people in largely un-Jewish environments and what they do to get through it and how they enjoy it. Um, this time we're going to go to Kingston, Ontario. Now, Kingston, Ontario, if you haven't been there, it's a lovely place. It's uh, on the water, uh, quite quite pretty. About 135,000, maybe a little more than that, uh, people live in Kingston. Uh, interestingly, uh, in terms of religions, the Roman Catholics uh, seem to be in the lead, with a commanding lead of 36,000 declared Roman Catholics in Kingston. Uh, Judaism is uh, at the bottom of the demographic of uh, religious affiliation. Uh, with 1,000, I look this up, obviously, 1,674 Jewish people. So that's it. So you go from 36,000 to 1,600, and uh, you've got 136,000 people in the city. Um, to talk about Kingston and to talk about the Jewish community there, we have someone who's uh, deeply involved with it. Richard Kizzle is my guest. How are you, sir? Very well this morning. Thank you. Good. Um, tell me about... Kingston first. Tell me about Kingston itself. Kingston is a fabulous city. It's ideally located halfway between Toronto and Montreal, only 100 miles from Ottawa and uh, another 100 miles to Syracuse, New York. So whether you go east, west, north or south, it's ideally situated. It's a historical city and it was very important uh, back 300 years ago because it's where the Rideau River, the St. Lawrence River, and Lake Ontario merge. So it was a very important commercial uh, place, and now it's become a very important military, academic, uh, tourist town. Now, there's two other parts to this, I guess. One is that Kingston at one point was the capital of, of Upper and Lower Canada, was it not? Correct. But they were afraid the Americans would easily be able to attack Kingston on the Great Lakes or through the St. Lawrence. So it was moved to Ottawa. And the other thing is Kingston also happens to have a, a large culture of penitentiaries. Yes, we do. There's numerous penitentiaries and um, uh, all types, mostly now medium security and maximum security and special handling. I don't know why that ended up happening, but it is part of the legacy of the city itself, I guess. So, it is steady income. Yeah. It's steady employment. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never a shortage, I'm afraid. So tell me about you and Kingston. So I'm third generation. Uh, my grandfather moved here in 1931 and opened the retail store. It's the immigrant story. My office today, I'm a financial planner. My office today is in my grandparents' uh, apartment over the store. So like many third generations, I went into the family clothing business and I was the third generation that closed the family clothing business and transitioned into real estate and financial services. What was the name of the store? My father was very entrepreneurial. We had many of them. But the uh, name that my grandfather started with was Doretta Apparel Shops. And it was named after my Auntie Doris and my Auntie Greta, Dorita. But the store became Dorita, uh, but that's how we started. And, and my dad morphed into many different names and stores. If he got an idea, he opened a store. Wow. So it's interesting because, as you say, that immigrant story is so familiar. You know, move to a town, go into the Schmata business, see how it goes, right? Yes. And my grandfather did quite well. And my father did very well. Uh, but all of my generation, 
of the people that were in uh, other Jewish families in, in Peterborough, in Kitchener, in Belleville, all those families morphed into real estate or real estate and financial services. Every one of my generation were the uh, either the were the last of, of of the people in those towns in clothing. And you raised a family in Kingston. I did two daughters. Um, done very well, but they moved out west. One in Calgary with a couple kids, and one in Vancouver with a couple kids. I guess that's something that happens in a lot of smaller cities, right? You 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 have your family, but then the kids go. Unfortunately, yeah. so of my friends of my generation, some of their kids are in Kingston, some aren't. It depended what their careers were, where they went to university, and and who they met. Um, and where the job opportunities were when they graduated from university. So now tell me about Jewish life in Kingston, How, what, where it started and how it's evolved. Well, our synagogue was founded in 1910, Beth Israel Congregation. When I say our synagogue, it's the one my family uh, has belonged to since my grandfather came here in 1931. Obviously, the business community founded it. Uh, there's prominent families in Kingston. Uh, some of them uh, still here and very active, uh, who continue to support the synagogue and whose kids, grandkids, great-grandkids, now great-great-grandkids go to our synagogue. And the synagogue went through a very strong period. And then it, it um, as, as younger people moved away, it suffered a bit. But then we had a wave of South African professionals who were attracted to Queen's University. And that gave us a huge boost. And um, uh, the number of Jewish academics who moved to Kingston because of Queens uh, really started to change or add to the uh, richness of the Jewish community here. We were extremely fortunate. And other academics have now come in the last 10 years. So there's still a business part of the community but more and more are professionals, doctors, academics, and uh, the community continues to thrive. Uh, one other thing I'll say is that the synagogue goes through ebbs and flows depending on the quality of the rabbinic leadership. You know, that's one of those things, right? You know, uh, sometimes uh, I have a podcast called Not That Kind of Rabbi. Somebody <laughs> asked me, um, you know, you, you know, maybe you can go to be a rabbi. And I thought, you know, you can't please enough people when you're a rabbi. Everybody's always looking for the other rabbi, not the one that you are. And, and I, I, I guess that happens where some people want a rabbi that's charismatic. Other people want a rabbi that's just, you know, taking care of business and quiet. Um, that's hard, though, isn't it? When you're trying to keep a community together. It's, it's very difficult because... In a small community, the rabbi has to be a uh, jack of all trades. Uh, the rabbi has to uh, uh, help with the seniors, has to be the teacher in the Talmud Torah, has to give sermons. Um, it's very difficult for one rabbi to be strong in every area. So every time you go out to change rabbis, you try to find one that uh, has strengths in the area that the last one had weaknesses. But probably... The most important way for a synagogue in a strong in a small community to survive is through the Talmud Torah. Younger families will join the synagogue if they're attracted to the synagogue and if their children um, are comfortable going to Talmud Torah. So 
oftentimes um, a strong teacher rabbi with the kids is the key to growing the synagogue. Mm -hmm. What it means sometimes is maybe that rabbi is not as strong with seniors or with older members, uh, but they'll continue to pay and join. It's really the key is younger families who move to these cities. Um, today, of course, there's much more intermarriage. You need a rabbi who's much more understanding, open. And that's why our main synagogue, Beth Israel, has morphed from an Orthodox uh, affiliation to egalitarian conservative. And um, because- Are you, Are you comfortable with that? Absolutely. But not everyone is. Right. Um, I had two daughters and who are both professionals. And um, I grew up where they there was separate seating. And um, it's really nice having the family seating. And it's uh, I'm comfortable because my synagogue, Beth Israel, is open and inviting and changed um, to attract more people that have a more liberal view of, of, of Judaism. I do like orthodoxy. And I am comfortable in an Orthodox synagogue, but I want to make sure that Jewish life and organized Jewish life in Kingston continues. What's so there's, there's this whole other aspect, which is Queens University is a big university. And there's a lot of Jewish students who show up and then eight months and then go home. Um, are they part of the Jewish community in any stable way or do they sort of plug in, plug out? Most plug in, plug out. We have a thriving Chabad to to uh, to keep the, the students um, uh, engaged. We have a new Hillel director who's amazing, and he has revitalized Hillel. But I'd say from Beth Israel's point of view, a handful will become assistant teachers or youth leaders in our synagogue. Queens is very important in providing uh, kids that come here with a strong uh, day school Jewish background that can help in our synagogue. But out of the, I think it's something like 1,500 Jewish students at Queens, maybe only 10 or 15 will actually become involved at, in our synagogue. But they're critical and key because we need that, that commitment and strong Jewish background to assist the rabbi uh, in running full programs. So... What are the other, is there another synagogue in Kingston? Oh, yeah. or are we just talking there about is, Beth Israel? There is a reform synagogue. They don't have a building. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I've ever been to one of their services. I think that they have a part-time rabbi right now who comes in to help. Uh, but some of their members did come over to Beth Israel when we went egalitarian. And um, But it sounds like you're not working together. You're just separate entity. Is that right? Totally. I would Chabad is totally separate. Beth Israel is totally separate. Ir Hamalch is totally separate. We do have uh, a Kingston Jewish Community Council, KJC, where we do some programming that benefits everyone in the community. Uh, public um, Hanukkah candle lighting at City Hall, uh, some programs sometimes around Israel or um, uh just some some things that KJC will organize and everyone's invited to. Yeah, and we're all friends. And we're oh, all good, friends. good because you know, I mean, it would be a shame that everybody just sits in their silo and you know, it's the old 
this is my synagogue and this is my kitchen and this is my other synagogue. I thought that was your synagogue. I wouldn't go to that synagogue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not really, because in the professional fields, many of them are friends and maybe at a different right. synagogue and they're going to see each other socially and you're going to see people on the street and people that are involved in community uh, whether it be the United Way or the hospitals, uh, fundraising, whatever, you're going to run into people and from the other, um, uh, from whatever synagogue or people that are unaffiliated to any synagogue. And, and of course, there's an immediate um, uh, comfort level with anyone that's Jewish that's helping to give back to the community. What? How do you think living in a, a city like Kingston and having you know, 1,600 Jews uh, in the census. For you, how has it shaped your Judaism to live small in a medium-sized city? I think it. I think your commitment to Judaism is, it, your commitment to Judaism, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be a big, in a big city and not really care you're Jewish, or you can be in a small city and work really hard. So but don't you have to work? But don't you have to fight harder if you're in a small city? You can live in Toronto with 180,000 Jewish people, and it's all around you. You don't have to do much correct. about it. There, correct. you have to make a conscious effort, don't you? Um, when I walk down the street, I run into my Jewish friends all the time. <laughs> uh, for me personally, it's a little bit more challenging. My wife is a little bit more observant, and we do keep a kosher home. So it means when we're in Toronto or Montreal or Ottawa, we never leave home without cooler bags. Uh, so the kosher part of it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, but I think, you know, we did a B'nai B'rith fundraiser. We have a small group of guys. And one of the people wanted to say uh, Kaddish the other night. And we were at somebody's home. And, you know, the 10 of us were there. And you just work around. Um, you know, there can be people in Kingston that are Jewish. And they want to get away from it. And they can. And there are people in Kingston that are Jewish who want to probably be involved, support Israel, uh, proud of the synagogue. It's, it's, it's what your personal choice is. Mm -hmm. So do you have to work harder? I don't know. I think that if you've got that commitment, it's just part of your life. And if you don't have that commitment, it, it's, it's easy to hide. Buy a house 10 or 15 miles from downtown and you're good. You're good. <laughs> so how many people on a Saturday are at synagogue, uh, at your synagogue? To be honest, I don't go very often. <laughs> but I'm a past president. I was on the board for over 30 years. Um, uh, but I'm, I may be going back in a more, I am on committees. I may be going back in a more formal role. But I hear about 25 are coming on Saturday morning, which is fantastic. And what's amazing is we've had some Orthodox people move to town and are coming to synagogue. Um, and ignoring the fact that there's mixed seating and saying it's more important to be in a synagogue with a rabbi, with a service, and the conservative service isn't that much different than the orthodox service. And they're putting blinkers on and saying, fine, we're here. Let's forget that it's, it's mixed seating and it's more important to be there as a group and, and pray together on a Saturday. Maybe that's one of the really good things about a smaller community is that it doesn't afford you the luxury of uh, separating and doing it this way and 
Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox, semi-Orthodox, new Orthodox, conservative, egalitarian. You know what I mean? You, you can't afford to splinter off all the time. Yeah, there was four. When we voted to switch to mixed seating, there were four or five long-term members that did leave the synagogue. And it's sad because they love the synagogue. It was four or five people that go all the time and they couldn't they couldn't see for themselves um, that it was more important for them to be with people than the seating. So they kind of looked to Chabad, but Chabad doesn't have regular services. Mm-hmm. Chabad is there. The purpose in Kingston is to administer to the students. A lot of Friday night dinners, things like that. And Chabad is trying to reach out to those four or five families who left Beth Israel. And um, But I think it's their loss because they're finding it difficult to be part of something. What's the future for Kingston Jewelry? Amazing. Because of the university, just a little known fact, Kingston has uh, the most PhDs per capita of any city in Canada. Because so many people at the university retire and stay here, and because so many new people are coming here. You know, it's... It's um, you mentioned Kingston was 130,000 or something. Mm-hmm. Well, the area is really about 175,000, but the university now is about 26,000 students. Uh, when I went there, it was about 7,500 students. So it's a big footprint. And what it does is because there's so many people uh, at the university, with good pensions, good incomes, they demand a higher level of arts and culture. And um, so therefore, Kingston, we benefit from it. And um, just interesting, uh, Alfred Bader, who was allowed into Queen's University and not into other universities, has given the university over $300 million in donations, including a castle, four Rembrandts that Queen's owns, and his son, Alfred Bader's son, has just given $75 million U.S. to expand the um, art gallery at Queen's University. Uh, so Bader was was a Jew who was not allowed into universities all across Ontario, but Queen's... Or Quebec. He, or came, Quebec. he was a survivor that didn't go to the camps. Hmm. So he, he hid in the woods, came to Canada at 14, um, was not allowed into McGill, not allowed into other universities. Queen's let him in became an engineer, got a master's in engineering, went to the States, started some chemical company, made billions of dollars, and he's donated back to Queens hundreds of millions of dollars. Now his son is continuing that legacy. Wonderful. So from Queens' point of view, he also um, we also have a Jewish studies uh, chair and program at Queens University that was funded by both the Jewish community in Kingston and by the Bader family. Great. So you're you're very optimistic. It's, it's a good future. Yeah. Obviously, assimilation, what happens to the next generation of children. Uh, I don't think it's a Kingston problem, assimilation and intermarriage. It's whether it's intermarriage and wanting to continue a Jewish life or not. And that comes down to how strong the synagogue is, how strong the rabbi is, uh, how strong Kingston Jewish Community Council is. Can we pe- get people engaged? 
even if they're you know part time, will they do they want to come on a Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, celebrate Passover, Hanukkah? We don't need people at the synagogue every day, but we need people joining and feeling a part of it and sending their kids to Talmud Torah. And that way, Judaism will continue. Just as an antidote, there was a family that moved here and somehow their 12 or 14 year old daughter came across some people going to Talmud Torah and her parents were not involved and made her parents join the synagogue so she could go to Talmud Torah. It was totally driven by this 12 or 14 year old who's, who met other Jewish people. So it can move up or down, parents joining or kids saying, you know what, my cousins are, are, are Jewish in Toronto, Montreal, I want a bar about mitzvah. Perfect. And, 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 and those kids have to be able to relate to the rabbi. Which right, growing right. up, I didn't always relate. I was kicked out of <laughs> I was kicked out of Hebrew school many times. We were all kicked out of Hebrew school. Just <laughs> part of going to Hebrew school. <laughs> uh, my kids were and back when they went to Hebrew school. I don't know they were behaved. <laughs> so the the only moral of the story left to say is you have to start going back to synagogue on Saturdays, okay? Because you're not going. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I do have to go because. <laughs> I am going to take a little bit more of an active role again. And we've had 25 new families join our synagogue in the last three years during COVID. And to be honest, I don't know most of them. I need to go meet them. Exactly. Now it's yeah. time to go back and be nice to the rabbi. They're doing the best they can. Exactly. <laughs> Richard Kizzel, thank you so much for being with me. And I hope the Kingston Jewish community continues to thrive. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. Bye. Richard Kizzle lives in Kingston, Ontario, and is going to start going back to synagogue regularly on a Saturday, <laughs> and I'm going to phone his wife and make sure that he does. Uh, that has been Yehopetzville, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Benmergi. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel across this great country and the world, visiting more small Jewish communities, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast, Not That Kind of Rabbi. Also, my website for my book, I Thought He Was Dead. All that's at ralphbenmergi.ca. If you want to hear more Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, the cjn.ca, hosted by Ellen Besner. It's fantastic. So thanks. We'll see you soon. If you want to join the CJN Circle, you get a quarterly magazine, invitations to live events, and a weekly printable edition. Learn more at thecjn.ca slash circle. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you soon on Yehopitzville.